It's the Whiz Bang Boomer Show. Philosophy, spirituality, political madness, opinions, and an occasional fact. Also, special guests. Segway to today's podcast is with the producers of the 12th annual Northport Play Festival. That's northportplay.com. And it's going up October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, 2021. So, here we go. Hold on tight. Put your ear to your earbuds and listen. This is fascinating stuff. Enjoy. Well, welcome to my guests, Stan, Joanne, and Michael. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi there. Hello. And um, Stan and Joanne and Michael are co-producers. Can I give you all that title? Co-producers? Anybody want to be executive producer? Anybody? No? See, they all, they're very, very, uh, they operate always in consensus. No power trips here. So co-producers of the Northport One Act Play Festival. And it is entering its 12th season on Long Island. And I tried to not to say Lawn Guyland. You notice that? <laughs> um, which I get, I got tripped up many times when I was working for IBM, and I talked to people from across the country, and they they were like, "We know where you're from," <laughs> and I was like, "They have the funny accents," and they were like, "No, you have the funny accent." So um, I wanted to I'll talk about obviously want to talk about this upcoming festival, which is coming up on October Friday night, October first at 7.30 p.m. That's program one. And then and program one repeats on Saturday afternoon, October 2nd at 3 p.m. And then program two starts on Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. And then repeats Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. That is amazing. I memorized all that, everybody out there. How would I ever know that? Because I did my, I did my copious uh, preparation. I don't know what copious means, but I like the sound of it. So that's the sign of an incredible interviewer. Plus, I cheated, and I know Stan, Joanne, and Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually directing a play in the festival. Okay, I'm outing myself. I'm directing a play. Written by Michael Casano, who's on the on the, on the podcast with us, and you know what? Let's talk about that play for a second. Why not? Sure. What an incredible segue! So, um, I actually have been involved with the festival for all twelve years myself, in many ways, shapes, or forms. And I get opportunities to either write for the festival, direct for the festival, act in the festival. This year, I was fortunate enough to be offered an opportunity to direct one of the plays. And this will be a great example for us to explain to everybody what this festival is about. Mm -hmm. Michael is a local playwright and, um, and uh, he wrote a, a, a farce and he could talk a little bit more about it, but he, and so I'm a local director, writer, actor, and I got an opportunity to direct this play. So here we are as a great example of Long Island people, local people getting a chance to, uh, to work. In theater, yeah, cast, mm -hmm. and the cast, right? Four people are cast in this play from the uh, Long Island community, and it's just 
um, I am going to get back to Michael's play. It is called A Friendly Game of Clue, and it's a comedy. So, Michael, why don't you take, talk, us, talk a little bit about that to give everybody a flavor for what the types of uh, plays that they will they could they could see at this festival, the North One Act Play Festival. Well, well, John, speaking like you said, and thanks for the uh, kind words on the play and stuff. I mean, the basic sense of what we've been trying to work in, you know, my play along with all the others that are being done and directed and all the cast, and you hit the word uh, local, and that's exactly what it's all about. That there's so much talent on Long Island in the sense of having your actors, directors, playwrights. Um, Although we do have some out of state, the majority are all about people from Long Island who have all this great talent. And qu quite honestly, it's a very, very strong theatrical community here. And what we try to do each year is to showcase all of that talent and bring it back out in Northport. We've been able to uh, do it, like you said, for 12 years to make sure that people are aware that the talent that's here theatrically has been phenomenally developed and people have developed their own styles and we have a lot of repeat performers and playwrights and directors so it's a strong community of talent that we just want to share every year thank you michael and joanne how many plays are in the program this year program one has how many original plays this year we have five original plays in program one and another five different plays in program two. So, and uh, all of these plays, all 10 plays have never been produced before. Is that correct? correct. So yes. anybody coming to the festival will see all new material, uh, yes. which is really uh, very unusual. It, it, you really have to go into Manhattan to see original stuff. Uh, you know, where, you know, there's so much talent out here, as Michael was saying, on the island where we all four of us live. Are there four of us? Stanley, are there four of us? One, two. Indeed. Stanley's job is to count the participants in the podcast. Four but we'll get, we'll get him involved later. <laughs> He's behaving so far. But um, I forgot what I was saying, but it was brilliant. I know it. Uh, about Oh, yeah, the original material. Um, out here on the island, uh, Nassau, Suffolk, there are many uh, community theaters. There are so many you lose count, but there are also lots of musicals. That they uh, and the plays are all ninety percent of the time they're plays that were on Broadway at one time. Wouldn't you say? I would say so. Oh yeah. yeah, which is fine. I mean, you know, it gives people an opportunity to go to a. I actually went to see Cinderella last night. I admit I went to see Cinderella last night. See him performing Arts Center because I like the songs. Okay. And so that's all, that that uh, show was on Broadway uh, at one time, and um, and there's a I was so noises off a few weeks ago. So so Broadway stuff uh, gives me an opportunity, my wife an opportunity to see something low cost because the tickets around twenty five, thirty, thirty five dollars. Broadway we know is like way up there. This festival, which features ten original plays, now this is where I test Stanley out. This is your turn, Stanley. Um, somebody could see five original plays in program one for how many dollars? 20 bucks. He knew that. Uh, Joey, you want to verify that? You want to verify that he's right? That is correct. 20 bucks. So for only $20. 20 bucks. 20 bucks for program one. And if you want to see program two, the other five plays, that's another 20 bucks. That's not bad at all. That's, that's around the price of one ticket for a play that was on Broadway in a, in a Long Island theater. Um, 
And I have always been fascinated with the uh, with the content because it varies from year to year. I know you've had different themes within the programs, but what? Okay, this is a open question to anybody who wants to hit the buzzer first and take it. <laughs> what is the primary theme this year? Would you say amongst the let's say program one first? Program one, what types of plays? What genre are we going to see? How about Michael? You haven't gone in a while. <laughs> well, uh, specifically the theme, and I'll defer to Joanne a little bit on that. But the comedies that we have, and all the pieces that yes. are being done in in program one all tend to like talk about those relationships in different aspects of what uh, certain, whether it's couples or whether it's just uh, um, marriages or, or even in certain ways, people uh, uh, dealing with certain problems in their life, but in a lighter tone, that, that kind of like is what is kind of the theme for a little bit. Joanne, do you think I'm hitting it on the right side? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, there's a lot of, um, uh, I'm, at least four out of the five are, are couples and their relationships, but in, uh, they're all comedies. Great, and and I and Stanley does uh, some of the technical stuff. I know, and uh, I know he also directs and stuff too. But I wanted to talk about what's also great about this festival is the simplicity of it. Uh, whereas like Cinderella last night was lots of beautiful sets and all. This is very, it. I would say it's really focuses on because of the way it's presented on the writing and the acting. Wouldn't you, would you say so, Stanley? Absolutely, mm -hmm. John. We, uh, we ask the playwrights and the directors to consider that when they make their submissions and we're essentially a black box theater. We do have some props and set pieces and, and things like that, but we're not looking to decorate the stage. We're looking to have the words and the, and the actors the characters convey the message and they right. do a brilliant job. They don't, they don't need uh, flowing rivers in back of them or anything like that. It's, it's the, the audience hears, sees the actors moving and, and uh, hears the words and comes across very well. Agreed. Agreed from my experience with the festival. And uh, I know there've been years where we've had some really heavy material uh, I, we were joking, uh, I think it was yes. one of the days I was with one of my actresses, Bobby Ruth, and we were talking about one time there was a festival where there were three murders in a row, three plates. Murders murder. and suicides. Murders and suicides. <laughs> in, in the whole second act of one of the programs, which we did not realize until dress rehearsal. And we said, ah, oh, they all end with death. It's really something now in program two this time, we do have a little brush with death, Okay, but okay. it's a comedy. Okay, well, then that's okay then. <laughs> John, can I tell you how, how these uh, plays get picked for the festival? Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. We, we don't pick plays according to the topic that they're on. We okay. read during the year um, hundreds of plays Mm. Uh, Joanne has a reader's theater and many of these plays were read there and many more were read by us, uh, by Michael, Joanne and myself and and some outside uh, directors and producers. And we evolved a rating system, uh, which includes producibility, considering mm. the how we produce things. And we look at the top ratings and we pick from them. And so we don't want to have... Uh, two plays that seem like they're on the same topic. 
boy and girl meet in a bar and this is what happens. So we won't do that. But right, we take right. the highest rated selections and then make programs from that. Now, have the uh, were this year's submissions national? Yeah, I won't say fully national because the more we encourage, th- this group was originally started for Long Island talent so that Long Island writers uh, could hear their words. And that was the Reader's Theater that started 20 some odd years ago. And then uh, Michael had the idea, well, why don't we do some, why don't we put these on stage? And that's how the One Act Festival came around. So um, what was your original question, John? I have uh, the vaguest idea. The, the selection idea. process. I'd like to add something to that selection process. The selection process, process right. This, last year, because of COVID, we had to do the entire, uh, we only did five plays and we, five? And we <laughs> did them on, we Zoomed them. Yeah. Everybody was in their own homes or, or offices or whatever. And um, so the selection of the plays last year had to specifically be plays that could be done in that format. This year, as we were selecting the plays, we had to keep that in mind because we're, we're hoping we're, we're planning that this is going live in in two weeks, Mm -hmm. but back in, in July and August, when we were looking at these plays, we had to say, well, what if something changes? We need plays that if we need to fall back to zoom, we can do that. So um, a minimum of scene changes, a minimum of um, uh, yeah, number of characters and, and uh, uh, all the things that make it very difficult to do on Zoom. Great. And, and since we did mention the C word, <laughs> it's inevitable because it's part of our lives now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention that and you guys can add on to this, that I, as a director and my cast, all had to show proof of vaccination to even be involved with the festival. So I want to make sure everybody understood that, that you guys are taking the utmost uh, precautions. And also you're being guided, your guidance comes from the church too, the hosts of the festival at St. Paul's 270 uh, Main Street, Northport, which is actually St. Paul's Methodist Church. That's where the theater is at. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let me put another plug in for before I go any further. Uh, the information for this festival is available on northportplays.com. And there you can actually see a link to Reader's Theater also, which is the monthly uh, uh, platform to have new plays read. Uh, and you'll see uh, a link to the tickets as well the $20 tickets Stanley said the 20 so if you see anything other than 20 I want you to contact me and no extra charges for fees no fees and no credit card fees either right no. I've noticed some some places uh Chinese restaurant a diner you go there and there's four percent to use your credit card now it's like very sneaky but you guys don't do that right you, 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 you no, we want re- to keep it simple you're being yep. recorded you're being recorded <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I'm not going to edit this out <laughs> so. all right so we talked about I said earlier in the green room when we met before the podcast, when we went over our extensive notes and we rehearsed in the green room, I talked about the elephant in the room is always there. It's it's COVID. So uh-huh. assurances and everybody has to be masked on the premises too. And show right. proof, and show uh, proof of vaccination. Okay. Right. That includes our stagehands, all of our crew, anyone involved 
with the festival has the same guidelines. And you're the actually, audience. You're, and actually, the audience, you're actually going above and beyond because the theater is out last night. It was optional to wear masks. So thank you for doing that because that's it's important. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a, um, a safe. So let's talk a little bit again. Uh, we talked about Reader's Theater being around and I've had plays read. I've had a full length play read. I had a, because uh, Joanne Stan were nice enough to get me in and also... I think there was a screenplay. Right? I don't know. I think I snuck one in maybe a little many years ago. But the evolution of Reader's Theater into the Northport Play Festival. And I remember the first festival was at a school and they were judges because I was one of the judges, I remember. And there were awards eventually. So let's talk about a little bit of that evolution. Mm-hmm. Before I let you answer, you know, it's my podcast, so I get to hog most of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention there's a documentary uh, interviews about the festival also on northportblaze.com. So check those out. Anyway, let's talk about that evolution again with the uh, uh-huh. where it started with the uh, judges and awards and where it is today. Will there be awards this year, for example? Let's talk about that, the evolution and where we are today. Well, no awards per se. I think as we developed everything through, initially we wanted to highlight performances and best, you know, best of, so to speak, when we first began it. But as it evolved, quite honestly, we understood the community part of this. And one of the things going back to what Joanne and what Stan have said, and, and to an extent of what you said as well, is about the talent is there. So it's a community feel. So what we instead kind of went toward was the idea of letting the, the, the words speak for themselves. And then instead of kind of like highlighting who's the best performance and things like that, to keep it more on the same level, we kind of like started doing more talkbacks after a show All right, in the right. sense that we wanted to have the audience understand where everything developed and how, say, for example, uh, the director saw the piece and we would have the playwright and director, you know, speak and answer some questions and some hopefully from the audience at the time. And that kind of evolved over the years. We're not going to do it this year, obviously, because of precautions with COVID. We don't want to keep people uh, in the rooms too long. But what we found fascinating was you started to get, I think a little bit more inside the community feel of what we were doing because of those answers. You, you started to see where the preparation came about. So we kind of veered away from that. And also, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joanne, we kind of like made sure that we kind of like focused on uh, a smaller set of plays to have more of an impact than to just do too many. I think at one point at our height, I want to go back to the second or third year, I think we did 26 or 28 plays at one point. And how we pull that off, and I must tell you, it's a blur. I have no idea. So we had four different programs. A Friday yeah. night, a Saturday, uh, our Saturday matinee was uh, written by, uh, by uh, teenagers, and we had different themes each year. And we had Saturday night, a different set of plays. Sunday matinee, a different set of plays, and that was a bear. <laughs> it was really difficult to get directors to get because we. Um, we invite other directors, as uh, John will this year. Um, we don't direct every play, uh, as some festivals are. We want the input from um, uh, all different people. And I also want to talk about the evolution of the quality, too, because with doing that many plays, it was hard to control the quality. But now, uh, as a director, I, for the benefit of the audience, I had to have my play previewed uh two weeks before the festival and stanley why don't we talk about uh, the the quality how it's risen over the years uh through the process of selection and also these quality checks that you've put in 
Uh, we've learned as, as we've gone along. So in the first couple of years, we didn't have a lot of submissions uh, relative to what we do now. And uh, we probably included some in the productions that were of lower quality, but they were of interest, like a, a whole series that were written by teens, some of which were, were very good and on a particular topic. But as the, as the years have gone on, we're getting a lot of very sophisticated writers, most of whom are playwrights, most of whom are from the local area. Uh, and we, but we, get, we do get submissions from other parts of the country and other parts of the world. We tend to favor uh, the local playwrights if we can, just, it, it just makes sense. It fits in with what we're trying to do. So we've reduced the, uh, the, the ones that are not so great or are too difficult to produce. If, some, if a play has too many scenes, too many props, involves tons of cast and things like that, it's not something that's producible for us. Um, th this year with five in, the, in each program, uh, and neither Joanna and I directing, it works out great. And Michael, Joanna and myself yesterday had a preview night uh, talking about quality where each play had to appear at a sp specific time on the stage that we were using and uh, talk about blocking, talk about props that were gonna be necessary and then do a simple run through of the play so that the actors and the directors could see what's involved. And also so that we could see the progress of the plays because sometimes plays are cast a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, the the uh, cast are not up to speed or the director who volunteered to direct has had a problem and hasn't been able to commit to time. And when that happens, we have to step in. We either have to take over control of the play or remove it from the program because we, we want to have the highest quality program that we can. And I have noticed how the quality has risen because of the, because of the lessons learned over the years and the evolution of the festival. Um, may, I, may I add, John, that absolutely. Uh, those plays that do not get selected, we do our best to bring to Reader's Theater. Uh, obviously, we right. can't bring them all. But we bring most of them to Reader's Theater, and then we've been Zooming Reader's Theater for the past year and a half, at which case the playwright was able to join us. Um, and, the, the and the benefit for that, if I can add, is that uh, the playwrights get to hear their, get to hear voices doing their characters. And the audiences during Reader's Theater are a group of playwrights, directors, just local people, producers, anything. And when the plays are read, they give comments which are intended to help improve the quality of the play. And the playwrights can't really get that anyplace else. It's like having a dramaturge working with you to help develop your play. And some of the plays that we've produced in, uh, in the One Act Festival have gone on to bigger and better locales. Absolutely, so, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's invaluable to get that feedback and it's honest feedback. Reader's Theater, the participants in Reader's Theater are very honest um, with the feedback and that's the only way to really improve. Um, yes, I actually had a play in the Northport One Act Play Festival and I don't remember what year it was, but it did go on to be produced in Manhattan. Um, and I had, at one time we had a spinoff festival called Laugh Off. Right. 
Who remembers that? Who remembers that festival? I do. I do. I do. Oh, yes. We had a spinoff called Laugh Off, right. And uh, one of my plays that was in that festival got published. Nobody's. Um, Excuse me, uh, Paul, the uh, applause sign didn't go on for the studio (laughs) audience. Can you fix that, please? It went on a little bit late, but we got the idea. You know, because we do have a studio audience, but they will not applaud or laugh because of my instructions not to do so until the sign comes on. So Fair enough. Hey, John, don't forget audience sweetening. That's right. (laughs) Audience sweetening. You know, I'm looking to my left in my studio and I'm noticing that I have on my desk and I'm holding in my hand an award. Speaking of awards from the Northport One Act Play Festival, March 31st, 2012, Best Supporting Actor. And that would be me. I Rise actually Rising Star Award. Whoa. I rise a Rising Star Award. And I have a little story about that, if I may, since it's my show. Your podcast. Put the uh, poor sign up. Man. Damn it, it must be broken. The, the little story about this is that I actually had to fill in for an actor that had to drop out because I was directing this play. And as I was practicing on stage, in between programs at the time, it was a Saturday, so we had a gap between programs. My son, Danny, was on camera because my other son, Johnny, films the festival. And we could talk a little bit about the filming and, and YouTube and all that. But my son, Danny, goes, Dad, you're doing it wrong. You, you're crossing the wrong way. <laughs> he starts giving me direction. He says, why are you yelling like that? Why you, why you should bring it down a notch? And I did. I won an award. Little son of a gun. He should have went into directing. Anyway, um, I wanted to talk about, uh, I know you said YouTube last year. What, if somebody were to miss the festival because they're not available that weekend, is there another way to see these plays? Is, will there be any other? Or do we not want, not want to go there? Do we edit this out? Oop. We're working um, on it. And our intention is to, uh, after a couple of weeks where, We've got the titles uh, on screen and things like that, so that because it, it won't be a, a live production, to uh, let people view the programs on YouTube for basically the same prices they're doing for the live theater. Because we realize that some people can't come; they're out of town. We even had a few right. playwrights who are out of town. A couple of people got sick, so it will run again uh, on YouTube for anybody who misses it. And uh, same great. price. Yep. Great, great. Same, same concept, John, as those premium channels that put it theatrically out first and then 45 days later put it out for streaming. Exactly, exactly. There's got to be a North Port One Act Play Festival streaming service coming to a, uh, a cable <laughs> near you. It's, so you have to subscribe to like five different services now to get programs that you like Hulu and mm-hmm. whatever and Disney Plus and this and that. Um, I told a little story a true story about my award what anecdotes fun anecdotes do you have or maybe not so fun anecdotes do you have over the 12 years what are some of the highlights would you say you know, tell us a couple of little stories about things that happen behind the scenes because there's nothing like live theater or am i the only person that had his son direct him to win an award i had an interesting thing happen i was directing a play and as we were heading towards opening night the lead um, had an issue, had a problem with acting on opening night. He had a commitment, a family commitment that came up and 
he couldn't change it. So it was a male and I said, okay, I can, I'll do the part I've been directing and I should, should be able to do it. And I got very nervous because I had to do all of the lines. And uh, so I asked, um, I, I was saying I'm nervous and some of the actors heard it. And Bobby Ruth, who you mentioned before said, well, Stan, don't you know the little trick that I do? What's that, Bobby? Oh, I always have something in my hand, a clipboard, a purse, something. And if I, I have either cue lines on there or just reminders of critical things that I have to do. I said, wow, that's a great idea. So I'll take some key lines from the script and put it in something like a, 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 a album, <clears throat> a photo album. And I'll say, this is album that it, it, it had to do with mom. And this is mom's album. And I'm looking at pictures. Well, it was great. I get on stage. And I have, I have the album and I open up the cover and Joanne had <laughs> pasted in a picture of my mom on the front page. Uh-huh. So now it's my mom photo album. So it completely threw me off. And instead of being <laughs> upset and the way I had directed the, the other lead that he was going to do it, I played it completely differently because it was a personal story. And I had a lot of fun doing it. I didn't forget any lines because I had help. And uh, when the play continued in its run, the other actor came in and people asked me, well, this seems like a whole different play. And I said, yeah, we're, we're playing the roles differently. Uh, if I may interject. Sure. Um, on the website, we have a tab called the History tab. And okay. on okay. that is all the uh, different years, the, the programs from all the different years. And I just looked at it, and in 2016, we did your plays, your play, Memories. Oh, yeah. And in 2014, we did My Friend Ed. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure if, which of those you were, or if I missed something. I may have missed one because I just scanned it very quickly. I do want to mention Memories went on to the Townsend Theater Group uh, run. Uh, along the island. So it's another success story while you mentioned memories that that play was produced again. And I actually got paid. Nice. Ooh. Applause <laughs> sign, please. No? Right, you guys, uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, an interesting thing in, in our group, uh, none of the actors get paid. None of the directors get paid. Mm-hmm. None of the playwrights get paid. Uh, the, the playwrights have to put in a nominal amount of money so that we can do the publicity and do the filming and, and things right. like that. And then the rest comes from the audience. But as you mentioned before, $20 for the kind of show that we're producing, it's you amazing. can easily charge double or triple that. We're not interested in that. This is community. Right. And when you mentioned Bobby Ruth, by the way, it, it, the way my brain works, I linked to another actress who has a play in the festival, Gina Scarda. Yes. Wrote the play. It was her first play. And she, I happen to know Gina very well because she's a member of my troupe. Long story. I met her when she was a stand-up. She's actually a retired police officer. Uh, She was a sergeant, I believe, in the New York's finest. And uh, she became a stand-up comedian and uh, an improviser and an actress. She's become such a good actress. And she called me up one day in the spring, was it? I don't remember. Some I, My memory's fading. But she said, hey, I want to workshop this play because I'm submitting it to the Northport One Act Play Festival. I said, you're talking to the right guy. I know all those people and I know what they look for. So um, 
I got on a Zoom. You ever hear of Zoom, by the way, you guys? And we got on a Zoom with uh, two other actresses and we workshopped Gina's play. And I said right away, this play's making it in. And it did. So again, this is another success story. A police officer turning stand-up comedian, turned improviser, turned actress, turned author, who now has a play in this festival. And she can go on from there. So I think that's another great, great story and example. And there's so many like that, I'm sure. Um, we have another few minutes left. I want to make sure I emphasize the website again, northportplays.com. And there's also a email if in case you want to just email from your phone, northportplays at gmail.com, in case you mm -hmm. want information, go directly to the email and you'll get a response back from either Michael, Joanne, or Stanley. And am I missing anything? The tickets? No, the ticket link is on the website. Um, that's right. Ticket link is on the website. Reader's Theater, if you want to get involved with Reader's Theater to have a play read, because you do accept all submissions to Reader's Theater, correct? We do our best to get them up there. Yep. I know there's a backlog actually over the years. That was another situation where there were so many plays to be read because people were inspired like Gina yeah. to write and myself too. I was inspired to write from seeing these types of festivals. So it's really something wonderful that all three of you brought to Long Island. So I want to thank you so much. Um, Michael? Yes. Do you have any parting words? Do you want to get the audience to well, uh, applause for me? You know, well, let me, well, first I'll try to work on that, the applause sweetening thing. But um, <laughs> the, the one thing just to, I, and I guess it's the sign of the times, and it goes back to what Joanne was saying, that the majority that we have are comedies this year. One thing that people who are able to come, and, and again, we gave all the specifications and how we're trying to keep it as uh, a good an environment to see live theater again, because that's the biggest thing. One of the things, too, is the comedies that are involved with all of these pieces. I found fascinating that that majority came out and was very organic in how we chose everything this year. And yeah. I'm just wondering, and this is the way probably things developed, with all of the challenges that each one of us have had in whatever capacity over 18 months, the one thing that I could say that anybody who comes, for the most part, to see the shows this year, we're trying to help you laugh. You know what? We're trying to help alleviate what has been a very traumatic time and maybe whether like i said organically or just the way that everything was developed it's going to give you at least an hour and a half each show two hours of just forgetting about everything and hopefully these plays themselves will make you just enjoy what live theater is about put away everything for a little bit and just literally in whether it's my play with more a farcical thing or some of the relationships you'll see in some of the other uh, playwrights and directors and actors that are going to perform, they'll just give you a chance to take a break. And I think that's the big thing. If there's another overarching theme with both the whole weekend of plays that you'll have an opportunity just to, in a way, relax, put it away and just try to be entertained and enjoy the beauty of live theater and going back to local. And the idea that this is your community that's helping you do that because walking away from, you know, all of it and just taking that time to just enjoy, but this is your brethren kind of sharing it with you. I think it's going to come away very positively just to enjoy the evening. Very well put. I, I, I was thinking of a Whitman sampler. If you haven't had chocolate before, go buy a Whitman sampler, open it <laughs> up and then just pick, you know, out like the cherry one or whatever, the truffles, whatever. That's what this festival is to me. It's having a sample of all these actors, directors, writers, 
And then the producers, of course, who are, and to get that applause sign ready, because this time I want it. <laughs> we have Michael Cassano, who is just speaking, who is an author uh, and also co-producer of the festival. And he does other stuff too, but this, we don't have enough time. So we have uh, Stanley Katz and Joanne Katz, also co-producers of the festival. And all three are founders of this festival. Go to northportplays.com for information on everything, all of the above that we've been talking about. And I want to thank you all for joining me today, my special oh, guest. Oh, John, thank you. You've, uh, yeah. we, we appreciate your giving us some time. Uh, October 1st through 3rd, we hope to see a lot of your listeners there. And if you say John sent you, we'll give you a nod and say, thank you, John. <laughs> yes. And, that, and that's where we'll applaud you, John. Thank you, John. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Peace out. That was the Whiz Bang Boomer Show. And please go back and listen to our other episodes. There are many. This podcast was formerly known as John Stephen at Large. There are some philosophical and political statements in some of the other podcasts. You've got to be careful nowadays with what you say. Go back and listen to those. There are some other interviews that you might find interesting as well. We are on every platform. So when you tell all your families and friends, etc., um, tell your family and friends. But hey, go to Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and others and look for Whiz Bang Boomer. Give a listen, spread the word. Thank you so much. Stay happy, healthy, and why not wise too? Happy, healthy, and wise.